On this week's episode of The Smoke Break, we talk with artist, educator, and youth advocate Jesse Gardner about adapting under pressure and choosing content. Episodes drop on Spotify every Sunday after they air and Wednesdays on YouTube. And welcome to The Smoke Break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio, as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. I am your host, your old pal Zane, here with Malik Shay, <laughs> Marie Shrayron. My <laughs> God, we're going to be fine. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Putz Whoppin. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Malik Ray Sean and Jesse Gardner. Yup, a.k.a. Jesse the Imaginer. All right, all I'm right. Happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Happy to have you. Uh, so you guys know each other? Yeah, Jesse is a super cool dude. I met him working at McDaniel. He's an English teacher with a hip-hop angle. Super cool dude. Um, Jesse, tell the people, like, your favorite thing about yourself. Ha! <laughs> uh, the favorite thing about myself? Well, I mean, physically, my gray hair, you know. <laughs> so there's that um you know my oh, my overall whole being i just love my approach to life it's contemplative and artful for sure for sure no that's super dope well i'm really excited to, to talk to you about our topics today uh this week we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about adapting uh, under, under pressure. pressure. Yes, exactly. Under and having pressure. people finish your sentences when you're not really <laughs> sure uh, where you're going with each sentence. Uh, so, yeah, adapting under pressure. Um, I think it's something that's like, extremely um, important to be able to do. And there's a lot of uh, aspects of your life that it really is applicable. Um, I guess for me, adapting under pressure is is kind of that thing where, uh, you know, I, I hit a point where I have to be able to f- just figure things out. And um, I think how you react under pressure says a lot about you. So um, as far as like rea- um, adapting under pressure, is this something that you you find yourself using um, creatively? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm a teacher, high school, English, hip hop literature. And pretty much... It's just a part of the vocation. It's a part of the job. It's like you got a pressure. You got 20 to 30 different adolescent energies in the That's a very polite way to put it. That's a very polite way to put it. Uh. Jesse's really good at like saying things without having to put the sauce on it yeah like, you yeah. know exactly what he's saying yeah exactly to, yeah i'm like yeah. adolescent energies uh you mean <laughs> yeah. shitheads no yeah. uh <laughs> but yeah, yeah no so um is as, as far as like you know um working with them i'm sure you have like a lot of like difficulties where it's like you know maybe you come in with a lesson plan but like if the kids decide that's not the way they want to learn it you know you kind of have to adapt exactly exactly it's like I'm I'm gonna be prepared as best I can, but I'm also gotta be prepared to adapt mm-hmm. and to read the energy and to be like, okay, this is falling flat. I gotta just own that and rewind. And some days you're just like, all right, we're not really learning shit today and we'll yeah. try again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I definitely like what you said about um, reading the energy because um, I, I feel like, you know, is uh, even in comedy, like that's something where if you come in with like this idea that I'm going to tell these jokes, I'm going to yes. tell them this way, but you don't connect with the students and you don't mm-hmm. adapt to, or not the students, but the fucking, the drunk bar patrons, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you don't, if you don't connect, of life. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if you if you don't connect with the the audience and you're not adaptable, then you can end up you know wasting both of your time. Yo, 
Um, when you came in as a teacher, were you, was there a period of you adapting to be more adaptable or like coming from, like, were you by the book? Like, was that no, you? Well, I feel lucky because I was a step up advocate like you, you know, before I was a teacher. So I feel like holding that after school, you know, tutoring, mentoring space gave me a leg up and being an MC, mm. being able to, you know, similar but different in comedy you got to read the room if, if people mm -hmm. aren't like messing with your music you got to like make a connection you got to yeah. like take a time just to breathe and just to be like you know get up to the front you know get right here you know same in the classroom you know i had to be like all right yeah this is energy's not working while you come up here you you know and do little things like to get the energy up i'll use a little tribe called quest like can i kick it yes you can can mm. i kick it Yes, you can't. You know? No, that's cool. I gotta do little tricks just to like, you know, get get the energy to a place where we can learn. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's that's uh, a really good point that you bring up is uh, you know, almost just like fostering the space so that way you can get your message across because we may have a really awesome message, but if you haven't prepared people to receive that message, yeah. then it's it gets lost on deaf ears. No doubt. And I study like MCing and but not, even just talking right now, I'm like, comedy probably has a lot to teach me about mm. teaching. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know? And that's a whole nother art form I highly respect, but haven't, you know, had the the vulnerability or the bravery to go down messing sure. with myself. But, sure, yeah. sure. No, I, 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 I think both, uh, you know, like I do both comedy and music, but like I realize that they both scratch different itches. Mm -hmm. um, and the the things that I can be vulnerable, vulnerable about and say in music are maybe not things that I can say in comedy and vice versa. Mm. So um, yeah, there's definitely, um, yeah, just some back and forth between the two. So, uh, yeah. as far as, um, you know, being adaptable, uh, what was, what was like something recently where you saw something not working and you're like, okay, how do I change this energy? Mm, that's a good question. Um, well, I teach freshmen and seniors. Um, right now it's like my seniors energy's real low and I'm trying to bring it up. Mm, mm -hmm. So I had this idea at the beginning of the year where I'm just like, we're going to get into our vision and our purpose. And that's going to be what's energizing this whole class. And they're going to figure out what they want to do after high school. Mm -hmm. We're just going to draw upon hip hop culture and, and different artists to get that energy mm -hmm. or I'm going to do this with my life. But that energy wasn't there. So how I'm adapting is we're learning freestyle rapping right now. Mm, okay. How to be in the moment and how to, you know, basically speak from your heart and just be like what what I call embrace the cringe. Mm, okay. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I mean, especially with like freestyling. Yeah. <laughs> there's as somebody who's freestyled a little bit, uh, there's definitely some times where I'm just like, up, oh, that's not what I wanted to say, but like I've got to still keep rapping. Um, yeah. And I've heard so many people who like they want to freestyle and you know that they do, but they're just like, Oh, like I don't want to sound dumb. Like I don't want to yeah. say what if anything. I say something stupid? Yeah, what you if will I'm say cringy? something stupid. You will you say something stupid. To. You have to. That's yeah. That's, That's how you it. get to the good stuff. And it's very similar with like comedy is like it's it's a matter of saying the either the wrong thing the the wrong way or the right thing the wrong way but like getting past the fact that like that's going to happen for in order for you to say the right thing the right way. Yes. Um, so so as far as like you know with like freestyling like how do you feel like that plays into adaptability? Yo, I mean that's 
that's a big part of what taught me adaptability. Um, you know, my story with freestyling is I was I was into hip hop since I was like 10, 11, my best friend growing up. I grew up in zigzag, very rural, very mm-hmm. like not even suburban, mm-hmm. but like we had Yo! MTV raps on Saturday mornings. Sure, so I was sure. like, once I saw Wu-Tang, Cash Rules, yeah. everything around me, once I saw Tribe Called Quest scenario, I was like, yo, this, there's this, mm-hmm. this right here. I yeah. need this in my life. So, you know, I started writing my own corny raps in junior high and in high school, I would freestyle like in the shower or <laughs> in the car with like three friends who you, sure. you know, but who who are patient when you mess up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. And, but connecting that to adaptability. So it's like over the years, there's been times where I had to be like, fuck it, I'm just going to freestyle. Yeah. Even though I'm, my heart's pounding out of my chest or mm. because my heart's pounding out of my chest. It's like, I know I need to. Yeah. I know this is a moment for that. So yeah. it's like that fear that signifies that that's something important that you actually should lean into and like figure out what's on the other side of that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Exactly. But circling it back, you were asking like, how has freestyling helped me adapt under pressure? Sure. Yeah. So it's like basically, Freestyling, you learn to trust in the moment, trust mm. in the spaciousness, trust in and almost relax into your own mind and body to be like, all right, I'm going to say something, whatever comes out, I'm going to own it. This is, mm-hmm. this is who I am. So a lot of that on a day-to-day basis, I mean, I am actually freestyling in my classes sometimes, mm-hmm. but I am freestyling pretty much every day. Some days more than others, I have more of a plan. Sometimes I can just lean almost too much on my freestyle ability and be like, oh, let's just see what happens today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely, like when I was teaching, um, I, I kind of just was like, oh, I got this. You know, yeah. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And it's it, there would be days where it would pan out really well. And there'd be days where I was like, that was, I probably should have followed the book a little bit more. Yeah. And what I were you teaching? Um, I was an English teacher in China. Oh, um, wow. So, yeah, yeah, I taught for a number of years, about three years while I was over there. Oh, I taught, like, super yeah. super young students. Um, I could not teach older kids. That's why you like, those yeah. adolescent energies. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, nope, I'm fucking good on that. <laughs> I am good on that. Yeah. Uh, those kids were as just about as old as me, and they knew it. They're just like, you are not old enough to be teaching us. And I'm like, I'm not. I yeah. shouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'm very underqualified and kind of a dipshit. Uh, so it's great to be able to have that like improvising quality as a teacher because so many times I mean obviously everyone's been in a class that just completely went to shit because the teacher wasn't able to adapt to where the students were at Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. it's just a power struggle but instead you you surrender the power and you say we're all having this experience together like let's see where we're at let's see where we get at the end of this what hour and a half yeah. yeah, and that's a long time to be with the kids too, and the fact that they want to go into your class, like, and I have to say yeah. this too, like, y'all need to know all the students that I know at McDaniel that I've talked to, if they're students who don't typically have good relationships with most of their teachers, Jesse, Mister hey, Gardner is Mr. the Gardner. one teacher that they can actually go to, that they trust, that they feel comfortable with, that they actually want to go to his class. So yeah, yeah. Shout out to Jesse. Shout Give out. me some roses Yo. for that. 
Absolutely. You know, appreciation. Appreciation. No. And uh, I, I think that, you know, like adaptability just plays like a big role in in just kind of a, the space of teaching, you know, because yeah. it's it's being able to like uh, Malik had said, you know, meeting people where they're at. Like that's something yeah. that we, we bring up a lot is that like just because you're you mentally are like i need to teach this lesson plan doesn't mean that they're ready to receive this lesson plan so like yeah there's a chance that you could wa- walk out of there having them learn something but maybe not the thing that you planned but it doesn't have exactly. to be a total wash exactly and that's actually better i think yeah because absolutely. it's like and this is, a, you know, the education system as a whole is like, here's your learning target. I'm going to write it on the board. And if you don't learn this, then you failed for today. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the whole grading system itself, you know, is fucked up. But to say, if I can create an environment where we're liberated enough and I contribute and I'm inviting every voice in there, then that's like a hip hop ethic is like reclaiming public space. Mm. Our classrooms are public spaces. Yeah. It's like... I want to invite students and I want to grow in this as an educator because, I mean, with adaptability, there's like the default mode and then there's like what I call like the humanity mode. Mm -hmm. And in the default mode, you can just go to what worked for you. For me growing up as a white dude in rural Oregon, Mm -hmm. school worked for me in the sense where I could work the system and get the good grades, you know, and then go on from there. But school, the way it's designed is not for, it doesn't work for everybody. No, no, it's not designed to. It's it's not designed to cultivate genius. Mm -hmm. It's designed for, you know, standardization. Yeah, and a lot of that genius gets filtered out and thrown into all the systems. Exactly. Yeah, I, I always think that like a big, big flaw in kind of the the education system is that like, you know, because I didn't hit this mark, that means that I'm not smart. And it's like, no, I, it means that I'm not specialized in this area. It doesn't mean that I'm not smart. It just means that like, when it comes to math, I'm not going to, you don't want me doing your taxes. Yeah. yeah. But like, you know, you might want me writing a song. You might want me doing a a stand-up show. Like there's, there's different, there's different spaces. And there's students I recognize I have a freshman right now. He's so brilliant and gifted. Mm-hmm. And school's boring to him. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to keep his attention. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I know you're going to be okay in life. Yeah, exactly. You have the skills right now to probably make 50K a year. Exactly, <laughs> like exactly. Selling Fortnite skins or whatever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Flipping them. Flipping them, flipping yeah. them. It's all about that hustle. But it's like, oh man, it's like, I want to teach you to navigate the system so you can be who you want to be in this world. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm still learning how to do that myself. So yeah. Like, well, I mean, it, it takes a lot of adapting. It takes yeah. a lot of, okay, well, that didn't work. What do we yeah. do this time? No doubt. And I, I'll, I'll shout out um, a friend of mine, Desmond Spann. He's a teacher at Franklin. He he had the idea for Hip Hop Lit and um, he teaches it over at Franklin. I teach it at McDaniel. Mm-hmm. But um, we actually did like a little 10 episode podcast called Worth Work. Mm. And we explored a lot of these topics around education, equity, yeah. creativity. And he, he, I interviewed him for an episode where he does a thing called ungrading, where it's basically like students grade themselves. Mm. So it's like so much of our um, conditioning around education is you do the least amount to get the best grade. Mm-hmm. And if I take that into my life, I'm going to do the least amount at my job to get the paycheck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That might work for you. That's fine, but it's quiet like, quitting. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's a quiet. Yes, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, but what if you just like you did things because that light that lights up your genius? Mm-hmm. Because if you feel human, you feel alive. You're bringing your gifts into the world, and so as a teacher, that's what I strive to do, and I fall short a lot, and I just gotta you know, like a freestyle. If I make yeah. a mistake, you just, just pick right back going. up. Absolutely. Try Hip-hop to find the pocket again. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. Absolutely. Well, no, that's perfect. Um, Yeah, well, we are actually going to take a real quick commercial break and we'll be right back with the smoke break. We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. Wednesday evenings at 9 p.m. Come explore the spaces between friends. DJ 1017 takes you into a universe unlike any other. From Pink Floyd to the Flaming Lips and anything else interstellar. The spaces between friends with DJ 1017. Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Come explore with us here on Shady Pines Radio. And we are back with a smoke break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio, as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. I'm your host, your old pal Zane, here with Malik Ray Sean. What's poppin'? And Jesse Gardner. What's up, y'all? Yo, yo, yo. All right, cool. So on this second part of the smoke break, we are going to talk about the idea of choosing content. Um, mm. So choosing content. You're a rapper. You're a rapper. I'm a comedian and a rapper. Uh, and, and you're both English teachers. And both English teachers. Yo. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, I feel like choosing content is is a very, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting thing because we are given a talent and with that talent, we can do just about anything with it. You know, like people who can rap sometimes rap about dumb shit, you know, but they're Thanks. good rappers, <laughs> but they rap about dumb shit. And uh, so choosing... Guilty. Guilty. Same, same. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I've made some yeah. really dumb jokes, yeah. so I want you yeah, to know yeah. I am not. <laughs> you got to get through the dumb stuff to get to the good stuff. You really do. You really do. Um, but choosing that, I feel like, is, is kind of an interesting thing. Um, so, Malik, for you, when you are, are choosing content, uh, what, what do you pick and, and why do you pick it? It's all about how I feel and what I'm going through at that time. Um, I'm always working on new music. And so it's almost like a constant um, channeling of whatever emotion, whatever context of my life in that moment, whether it's um, something came up at work, like I'm <laughs> I'm doing a pop punk song right now that's dedicated to oh, like, yeah. oh, you left me behind. I'm supposed to trust you kind of from the lens of like a kid who was abandoned yeah um, yeah uh no, so that's 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 that i mean that's cool like that's that's taking an idea that like you know a lot of people have either felt that or seen people who've who felt that and and bringing it to light and speaking out about it in a way that like mm-hmm. you know is can connect with more people and then absolutely and then i would say the the question that i asked myself is what's what can I find nourishment in, mm-hmm. in my life? Cause I, I don't necessarily need to talk about like everything I've ever experienced with everyone I've ever experienced it with, but 
um, certain things, there are a lot of nourishment to be pulled out of. So it's like, how does this make me feel? And is there nourishment to be drawn out of what yeah. it is? Oh, I, th- I think that that's, that's a really, really good approach um, as far as like kind of like just setting up w- your reason for doing it because like having a good reason, having a good why is what's going to motivate you to con- complete mm-hmm. that song. Mm-hmm. Um, so what about you as, as far as like choosing content, um, you know, what's, what do you pick and, and, and sort of why do you, why do you pick it? Yeah. I mean, at this stage of my life being over 40, I just want to create shit that I want to listen to. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's healing, has yeah. a healing vibration. So my last two projects I've called Helixers, okay. like he- healing the, the helixes, Yeah, you know, speaking to my own DNA and hopefully to anyone who listens, speaking to your DNA to like heal that deep shit. So, you know, one little story is like, I think last summer, a kid who bullied me back in grade school and in high school, mm-hmm. like two separate times. Like sent me a friend request on Facebook mm. and I was like, I just sat with that. And I was like, how do I feel about that? And then from there, I wrote a song about it. I, and I went back to those instances of being bullied. I'm like, I'm going to like tell the story because yeah. I needed that. Yeah, I needed to process that like For trauma sure. that happened and get it out there. And then go on the other side of that. It's like, when was I a bully? Because in the writing process, it came out. I was like, bully, bully, bully. Why you bullying? Or who bullied you? And if you bully me, do I have to bully too? Mm, and I was like, yeah. oh shit. That came out. I'm like, when did I bully someone? And yeah. then from there, I was like, oh, I was a, I was a bully in like fourth and fifth grade to this girl yeah. that I liked, and I'm trying to get her attention. Mm-hmm. And I was an asshole. So let me. Let me tell that. And I did, I wrote a poem about that. No, that's, that's super sick. Um, it sounds like for you, the, the choosing your content is, is, uh, almost like centered around like the idea of like processing some of it you yes. know, and being able to process it the proper way. Yes. And what you're able to do too, when you process it through the art or really any specific intentional way, you're like taking ownership of whatever it is that you're thinking about with the bully situation. Like you're taking ownership of how it felt to be bullied, but also the ownership of how it felt to be a bully in, mm. in hindsight, like facts. That's yeah. that's a really special connection that we're able to have through the music or whatever art it is that we're doing, whether it's comedy or painting, yeah. to just own shit. No doubt. And I mean, the, these art forms, it's like there are superpowers in a way because we take the darkest, most painful things that we've been through and we we put it into art. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's I'm so thankful to have those art forms, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In a way, I'm almost in, and this is something that's probably problematic for me to say, but I'm almost thankful for suffering for the beautiful art that comes from it mm. inevitably. Yeah. Because I've never significantly suffered and not created something beautiful off of it, at yeah. least, you know, since I was like 14, 15, 16. Yeah. I, I could definitely relate to that in a sense, except for that time that my dick pic, uh, I got I got bribed <laughs> with a picture of my dick pic. Uh, yeah, so, I, I, I thought I was going to make <laughs> I was going to make a really cool uh, rap song about that. But I really I just got scammed for three hundred dollars. Um, I definitely shouldn't laugh out loud. About that. <laughs> oh, man. No, no, this this is the smoke break. If we're not laughing, we're probably crying. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess for like me, as far as like is as far as picking content, um, it's it's 
it's really just with the the intent of connecting. Um, yeah. It's it's with the the idea that like there have been uh, periods of my life um, where I have felt alone, and most of that like loneliness came from my inability to be vulnerable and connect with people in a way that they similarly felt the same. Yeah. Um, so whenever I I come to a space, a creative space, it's it's with the intent of being like, hey, I felt like this. If you felt like this too, then like I want you to know that like mm. you're not the only one who went through that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm interested in you said there was a little bit of difference between your comedy and your music. Mm, and mm. when I was listening to both, I did I felt vulnerability in both of those art mm, forms. For thank you. you. And how would you describe that? Um, I guess like for, um, like the, the, my, the problem that I've always had with comedy is that like in order for it to be comedy, it has to be funny. Mm. So trying to always find a joke and everything is, is exhausting because like in rap, as long as it rhymes and even sometimes when it doesn't, it's still rap. But with comedy, if you're not making, if there's not a punchline, there's not a laugh, then it's not comedy. It's just you talking. So um, I, I definitely feel more free in uh, my expression with music because, you know, it it can just be about a story. It can just yeah, be yeah, about yeah. a topic. It can just be about a thing without it having to have this ulterior like, but is it funny too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. is it funny or is it good is always like a subjective thing. But I think it's easier for music to be more open for more people to like it versus mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like if you don't like Dave Chappelle, you're never going to like Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. But if you don't like, uh, like I don't like Post Malone, right? Mm-hmm. I'll say I'm not a fan, not that I dislike him, yeah. but mm-hmm. there's maybe one or two songs that he's made that I'm like, dude, I fucking love these songs. Yeah, like, yeah. And I I, I definitely, yeah, I, I like that you said that because there's definitely like a, a space where like an artist can grow on you. But like, if you don't like a joke the first time, you're not going to hear it four more times and be like, this is actually a good joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, um, that's, yeah, for me, I guess like picking content is is trying to 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 pick things that like I can be passionate about. That I can have my own powerful why behind it so that way it continues to motivate me to be like, okay, if my point is to connect, Mm -hmm. maybe this joke didn't work. But if the point is to connect, then it's the my reason for continuing is is for that. No doubt. And sometimes it's like. If I'm going to perform a song over and over, Mm. I want to enjoy it every Mm -hmm. time I do it. It almost needs to be like an affirmation of my why or who I am in the world. I want to keep putting out this story or this vibration out there i'm gonna say it like when you write a song you're writing it and then you're repeating it you're editing it you're recording Mm. it you're doing it over so like by the time you're done you gotta like you gotta like your stuff yeah (laughs) very true very true yeah i i can definitely agree with that one because i wonder if there's uh ever been a piece of content like a joke or a bar that either of you have written or put in a song that in hindsight you look back and you're like "Mm." That wasn't it. That There's wasn't the movie. So many jokes. Not, not in terms of like it being good, but just like content that you want people to relate to you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like I used to have this one joke that I stopped saying where I, I would just be like, hey, so, you know, I'm mixed race, which means that my mom's white and my dad's gone. 
And I used to tell that joke like a lot. Like that was like an opener to my set so many times. And People I was, are either laughing or crying. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's it. The thing is, is like as far as like that piece of content, like there was a point where I was kind of just like, oh, you know, like I, I'm acknowledging that like I've had this difficult father experience, but like I have to also look at like the way that the content's being received and be like, hey, are the people who are laughing at this laughing at it because they see my struggle or because yeah. I fit a stereotype? Yeah, mm. no doubt. See, that's hard to navigate because a lot of times the the thing that's most natural to us to just jump into is or can be viewed as at least derivative of a stereotype mm-hmm. and especially when you're when you're being funny when you're being uh when you're being doing anything that's talented like yeah. it's hard not to do that in a way that portrays that but um i think the way that that you approach it and, and the way that all of us approach it in this room is so genuine and authentic but that yeah, that was that, that didn't that stop you it. from saying dumb shit, you know. Yeah, and it's, yeah, yeah. I it's mean, like freestyling, you know. Sometimes you're gonna say some dumb shit, and you're like, no, "Hey, I'm no. not saying that again." Jesse, you got any no. whack bars in the vault? Well, I mean, I just have to take ownership that I was a Christian rapper. Mm, that's pretty cool. <gasps> the word <laughs> gospel rapper. Hey, hey sh- <laughs> shout out to Jesus Christ. Shout out to JC. <laughs> he be watching every week. No, bro, like. I mean, that's a part of my story. And it's actually the first time I like freestyled in front of people was at this like Christian prayer meeting. I was in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. That sounds way more terrifying than just normal freestyling. Are you... Are you could really fuck up. You can say like things that would be whack at a party, but then there's things that are whack at a church meeting yeah. that are like totally are, different. Yeah. Are you of the Christian faith? Not anymore. I okay. don't identify as a Christian. I, I don't want to say anything and offend you, but now, no, now I know. No, I, can I don't. I mean, I like. Freely. It's been a process of just like owning that was a part of my path and just yeah. being like that's where I was, and that, yeah. and I. It's like you're saying about everything you've suffered, you can turn in can find gold in it mm, and yeah. like okay like i was a part of that that was a part of my healing and there's good things i can take from it sure. but i'm just trying to let go of of a lot of the um harm you yeah. know a lot of the that was been done yeah but like yeah so if i go back to any of my bars from those days i'm like oh, yeah oh, i'm sure oh. <laughs> i'm sure there's oh. there's some bars um <laughs> Well, look, if you ever struggle getting into heaven, just pull out that mixtape, yeah, bro. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You're at the gates. You're just yeah. like, yo, you check out this fire mixtape. <laughs> not fire, not fire. I get <laughs> Cancel, cancel. All right, well, we're going to take a real quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with the smoke break. We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio, as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. Patches, come here, boy. I love Patches, and that's why I love Patch Dog. Hey, Dad, were you calling me? No, I was calling the dog Patches. Yes, Father? Oh, not you, honey. Patch Dog makes custom iron-on embroidery patches. I can give them my design, and in a couple weeks, I've got custom patches. They can be of my daughter Patches, my son Patches Jr., or even my dog Patches. Yes, dear. Uh, No, no, that's Patches, my wife. I'm just making a commercial. And because Patch Dog loves you so much, use the code SPR10 for a 10% discount. And you know Oh, they've got that free domestic shipping. For more information, check out patch.dog and fall in love with patches like me. Did you yes, dear. Me? No, I'm making a commercial for Patch Dog. Patch Dog. 
And we are back with the smoke break. We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. I am your host, your old pal Zane, here with Malik Rayshon. What's poppin'? And Jesse Gardner. What up, y'all? All right. Sorry, so uh, we are at, we, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's a little bit earlier than usual. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We're actually going to be doing two episodes today uh, as far as uh, the live recording. So you can check us out on Facebook probably around six o'clock. Uh, but other than that, we're going to do the, the joke break. And my favorite part about the joke break, sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's not just like <laughs> jokes. Uh, and this week question that we are asking is what would you be slash are your hangups as a father Ooh, what would be your uh, hangups as a father Ooh. so are you a father i'm not you're not a father you're not a father not yet okay not yet okay not knowingly yeah. and uh neither am i <laughs> but what would my hangups be if i were to be a father uh fucking anger mm. that is for sure that is for sure i feel like that would be um uh, that's something that I have a difficulty dealing with in just like my personal relationships with uh, like my friends and my peers. Um, but I definitely feel like if there was that frustration of like, I'm raising this person, I need them to understand this stuff. Cause if not, they're going to fuck up their life. Like mm-hmm. I can just see that anger uh, coming out really ugly ways. Well, I mean, it would be hard not to as a parent, because as soon as your kid figures out that they have their own brain Mm. they're immediately defying you Mm -hmm. every way they can yeah and i mean as like an educator you see it but as i imagine as Mm -hmm. a parent like you can't escape it it's every day yeah it's every day yeah it's (laughs) you don't get weekends off yeah (laughs) unless you know you split up in which case <laughs> There's a way to work it, but you know you kind of have to pull some strings. Yeah. Um, what about you? What's a uh, if you were a father yeah. right now? What uh, what do you think your your hangups would be? You know, I I remember my dad saying to me one time, like sometimes I feel like I can do anything. Sometimes I feel like a fuck up, mm. and I feel like just incompetency. You mm. know, feeling just knowing that I'm contributing to my child's wounds, mm. and just like inevitably we all have our human wounds that's sure. just like a part of life but to know that like i could never you know that i'm gonna fail my child is yeah like, yeah like you're going to fail regardless yeah. like whether you give them everything you fucked up by giving them everything yeah. whether you give them nothing you fucked up by giving them nothing like yeah. there's there's going to be some aspect where they're going to look back and be like you did too much or not enough yeah i would say the only way to fail is to not try yeah. to fucking run away no doubt yeah no yeah. doubt and it's like as a as a child when you grow up and you get into that adolescent energy mm. <laughs> you have to see the shortcomings of your father mm-hmm. yeah. in order to find your own place in the world oh yeah absolutely absolutely well and i think that there's a certain amount of like compassion that needs to come with like understanding that like a lot of people's shortcomings were them thinking that they were coming further than maybe their parents did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they're just, I didn't beat the shit out of you. And it's just yeah. like, yeah, but you screamed at me the entire time. Like, mm-hmm. but I didn't beat the shit out of you. Just not, you know, yeah. like a lot of times I, I think parents can, uh, they take the lens of like, <clears throat> excuse me, like I love you and I'm your parent. So therefore, however I deal with you, is appropriate yeah it's coming from a place of love yeah and it's yeah Yeah. it's it's, it doesn't work and so it seems like you have more the approach where you're you're more being sensitive uh as a hypothetical parent of 
how would your kid need you to show up for them versus like you dropping the ball because you're trying to do it a certain way and it's like not working and you're like being hard headed or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a pretty good mindset to, to go into hypothetical parenthood. Yeah. Hypothet yeah. Hypothetical no parenthood. No do you want kids? Well, we're at a place in our life where we uh, are asking that question. You know, I'm, I'm over 40 and my wife's 38 and she's had a chronic illness like pretty much our whole marriage mm. and so i th my thought was like right when we get married you know live together for a few years and start having kids it's like life will happen yeah. but not having that option because she has certain medication she's on where she can't get pregnant sure and so it's like but we're at the place like do we want kids yeah and, you know it's like I could be content without children. Sure. You know, I, I feel like life is beautiful and challenging. And sometimes I'm like, how the hell could I have a kid? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm failing me right now. I don't yeah. need to be failing an extra person. Yo, <laughs> we, we were like, let's try to have kids like January of 2020. Mm, nice. You picked <laughs> a good pandemic year. Hit. Picked a good year. <laughs> the pandemic hit and we're like, <laughs> no, we're like, we're cool on that for right now. That's funny. Um, so we're we're like asking that question again and just exploring it. We have I have beautiful nibblings, nieces, nephews hmm, sure. around that I, you know, get that youthful energy and being teaching kids. I'm like, I don't know if I could be a dad and be a teacher. It feels like oh, yeah. shout out to all the teachers who have kids out oh, there. But man. that's Fucking so much saints. energy. Yeah. Dude, the the fact the the only thing that makes most of my jobs workable is knowing that as soon as I'm done working that job, I don't have to go do the thing I was just mm. doing all fucking Yo. day. <laughs> Teachers who are parents are in kids mode all the time. Yeah, no yeah, no exactly. I'm controlling this entire classroom yeah. now. I'm controlling my unruly little shit. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, I, I have a story popped in my mind just about like you know, when you have to surpass your father, or you mm. have to find your place in the, in the world. Yeah. And I remember growing up, my dad got me into basketball and he was always, I always looked up to him as like, oh, he's such a good basketball player. Mm. But I remember being like 15, 16, challenging him to one-on-one -on -one, and mm -hmm. I hadn't beat him yet. Mm -hmm. And we were in this intense game and we're just like fouling the shit out of each other, <laughs> talking shit. And I'm just like, I, I'm. Wish like, I didn't even have you. You're like, yeah. whoa, Jesus! <laughs> fucking game no of pickup, like, <laughs> like we're like tied as game point. And like I come down and I just ram him over. He falls down. I lay it up, take the ball, throw it at his chest. I'm like, game. <laughs> Walk in, and that's when I became a man. <laughs> Oh my god! No, I I feel like that's 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 a day that happens, you know, like uh, with your parent, where you're just like, oh yeah, like the thing. I think I could take my dad. I think yeah, I could yeah, take my yeah. dad. Let me just say the level of pettiness to take the ball and throw it yeah. after he's no on doubt. the ground. I love it. I love it. I was an asshole, but I also Ooh. won that game. Yeah, but I won. So who even cares? And I bring it up every time. Now. Yeah, exactly. Every Thanksgiving. I would too. Yeah, remember that crossed you up? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this is the thing for me with fatherhood, and this I feel like this would definitely be a trip up, is trying too hard, like being too caught up over watching my kid make mistakes. Because mm, no to an extent, yeah. like 
I'm not going to be able to stop harm from coming to them mm-hmm. 100% of the time. I'm not going to be able to stop them from doing, from putting themselves in harm's way. Mm-hmm. And I recognize that because of how I grew up. Like my mom did literally everything she possibly could. Yeah. And my grandma and my aunts, like pretty much having three different moms and still I was wild and out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I feel like that's going to be difficult because I recognize growing up how a lot of the decisions I made in like long term to this day have had negative effects on my life mm-hmm. to where I don't want them to go through those things because yeah. I already have, but I can't stop them from yeah. doing that necessarily. Yeah. Like, and I think that that's a really good, um, just kind of like observation is that like the idea that as a parent, you want to stop your kid from making the same mistakes Ooh. that you made, but like making those mistakes is the only thing that solidified in your mind not mm. to make those mistakes. Right. And it would have been different. It's you can't just be like, "This is gonna be a mistake, son." I don't give a shit. I want to do it. There's a party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My best friend's gonna be there. Yeah. The girl I have a crush on's gonna be yeah. there. Mm-hmm. I'm going. I want to get hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to be tired at school tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> no, for real though, and and I just feel like I would struggle to let go of my like what I think that my kid needs to do and lay lay down the law for sure, but also be prepared for them to create their own path and i'm not saying i'm not going to punish my kids i'm not saying i'm not going to be strict and firm with certain things but at the same time i'm not going to be an asshole like i'm not going to be a drill sergeant like oh you better yeah be afraid of me because you didn't do what i told you no just recognize you not doing what i'm telling you to do is only going to hurt you in the long run because i'm good yeah like i'm safe at home yeah you're the child so you see yourself becoming a father oh for sure yeah, i think about when, it so much yeah okay that's what's up you'd be yeah. a really awesome dad <sighs> yeah. thank you yeah. yeah thank you i appreciate that man um it's it's something that's important to me just because like i didn't grow up with a dad so sure i want to be that yeah just yeah, yeah, like yeah, everything yeah. else i do no oh, yeah. i i um, I do think you want to be a father. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've always, I always wanted, uh, I've always wanted to have a kid just because, um, I think like one of my first like serious girlfriends, like she had already had like a kid and, uh, I had just kind of like adapted to the idea that I was just like, mm-hmm. man, like watching this person grow and being there for them and like showing them love. Like, even though it wasn't my kid, like I, I just, I felt that love for them. And it's, then like right after that, I started teaching and I was just like, man, like I, I really enjoy just the idea that like there's there's these tiny little humans with these impressionable little minds that no, like no. they don't really understand shit. And like there's no way that you can like make them understand anything, but you can help them understand. Yeah. Mm. No doubt. They're so. also like alternate versions of you. Mm, yeah, that's yeah. that. I don't know if I can deal with that. Like, <laughs> No doubt. Like yeah. something uh, that my beloved asked me the other day, she's like. What if we grew up with parents who love themselves? Ugh. And that, that's been like Ooh. in my mind, I'm like, damn, like, yeah. would I be that parent? And then I'm like, would yeah. I be that parent? Yeah. yeah. If I become a father, I'm like, would I be a parent who like, I love myself and that's, that's going to be reflected in, in my child? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I I think yeah. that that's a really important question to ask because, you know, I think a lot of the reason why our parents failed in the ways that they did is because they weren't able to show up for themselves, let that's alone it. for us as well. That's it. Yeah. I think there's a lot of stigma with fathers, too, where like we're on it. 
we, as if I'm currently a father, um, <laughs> men who eventually become fathers are looked at like, oh, like they can't be emotional, like they can't be present, they're mm. never home, like they can't change diapers. And I think that's a, it's really interesting that that's the stereotype. And obviously it's a stereotype because it exists and because yeah. it persists, but also like, I don't know, that's, that's really weird to me that, that, that fatherhood isn't seen within like male culture i guess like dude culture with the same respect as motherhood is for women because for women like I, I mean i'm not a woman so i don't really know but it seems like motherhood seems to be a really really big thing that like m a lot of women look yeah can like to. take pride in and be yeah. like yeah i did this i got mm -hmm. the kids ready for this da -da -da -da, you know and it's like it's almost like if a dude brings up that they did that it's just like well i mean fucking finally you do something and it's just yeah. like well holy shit like yeah. no it's not you're not gonna make me want to do more stuff by making me feel bad about the stuff that that dude over yeah. there wasn't doing no doubt and on the other side of the coin it's like as being like 41 and not having a kid yet i can feel this like is something wrong with me mm, <laughs> you know mm. i'm i'm like I went to my high school reunion mm -hmm. and I think there was one other dude who didn't have a kid. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, me and you, we don't have kids. He's like, I'm trying to have a kid in the next couple of years. <laughs> I'm like, damn, I'm the only one who's like, so that, that's like, I'm like, part of me is like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the different dude. You yeah, know? And I'm still, yeah. I'm, I'm happy and fulfilled and I have, but I'm also like, huh. Am, am I missing out on the human experience? Here? Yeah, well, and I, I think it's it's important to, you know, take uh, inventory of what place even having a kid holds in your life. Like, yeah. is that, is it something that you're doing because it's expected of you or is it something that you're doing because it's something that like you want to, to bring into the world? Exactly, and that's what me and my beloved talk about. I'm like, is it a fuck yes that we want to have a kid? Mm -hmm. And we actually have... We, we it needs to be for oh us. yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely yeah some people are like <laughs> have a kid and it's like ah fuck it yeah. fuck yeah, it yeah. like hey, we just had a kid like it's I, I think it's really healthy and responsible to um be in like a healthy relationship for a prolonged period of time without having a kid just so that way you're really feeling each other out you're building a solid foundation so that way when a kid does come if a kid does come like you know you're a great team. You communicate yeah. well. Um, you trust each other. And <clears throat> obviously, we don't always get that uh, luxury or that privilege. Yeah. But I think it's great that you've been able to have that experience. And if you're if you're asking yourself about it, you might you might. Yeah. Wanna... Yeah. You're you're more qualified than most people. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't in my notebook of preparation. We're going off topic. Going off topic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Dope, we're going to take a real quick commercial break and we'll be right back with the smoke break. We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. We captured the taste and sound only here on Open Country. Sundays, noon to one with your host, Auntie Vandal. Folk music with Auntie Vandal. We captured the taste and sound on this open country, noon to one, Sundays, with your host, Auntie Vandal, here on Shady Pines Radio.
are back with the smoke break. We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. I'm your host, your old pal Zane, here with Malik Rayshon. What's poppin'? And Jesse Gardner. What's up, everybody? Yo, yo. All right. So my favorite part of the show where I ask the question, what are you excited for? Uh, let's go around the circle. Who wants to go first class? Uh, raise your hand. All right, cool. Malik, go ahead. Tell us what you're excited for. I am excited. <laughs> um, I'm excited to go into next week, um, as well as the rest of this school year. For me, um, it's it's been some drama kind of going on at work that I won't get into specific detail, but I'll just say um the team hasn't been feeling like a team lately yeah uh for lots of reasons but um how can i say this the people who are making the team feel like it's not a team um are gone now okay well um i I killed them (laughs) yeah yeah i was just like i mean that's that's a way to to fix a team uh Um, yeah when when in doubt just murder Um, no that's that's not cool you can quote us on that yeah yeah Somebody please um, clip that yeah. uh, and use but, that. But I'm just excited to to have a space where I know like everyone in the building is able and capable to show up in the way that we need them to. Yeah. And even if we're super short staffed, I know I can trust everyone in that room. So we're kind of running around like chickens with our heads cut off. We're three staff short now. We lost Ooh. three people in one week. Wow. The, like within a couple days. Jesus. Um, actually, over the weekend, and then like on a Monday. Jesus. But um, it's I'm excited to know that everyone on my team at this point in time is like on it. I'm yeah. happy about that. I mean, uh, teams teams make such a such a big difference uh, because you can't do everything by yourself. And even if you could, would you want to? No. <laughs> uh, so being able to to have a team where everybody is on the same page, everybody has the same goals, everybody has the same training, and everybody's willing to continue to learn. Yeah. I feel like that that makes such a big difference in any team that like I've been a part of is is that willingness to I guess be coachable. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's when you come into a space and you assume that you know everything that's when you lose the the ability to like to 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 grow Mm -hmm. you know what that makes me think of just a moment that we had in a meeting where there's like oh there's this training that that we're gonna have and no one has to do it but we'll just offer it if anyone wants it Mm -hmm. one of the people who's no longer with us well these are all my qualifications that you know make it so that I don't that is not what it. we are talking about we are talking about a training <laughs> not yeah, whether so. or not you already had the information or you think you already did yeah, yeah. so it's just like being closed off to information is is never going to be to be a helpful thing but yeah especially in the space of growth yeah but it's it's like the best work can can only happen for me when I know that everyone has my back and it's mm-hmm. it yeah I mean anyone who has been in a space of like youth work those those work teams, those staffs tend to feel more like a family than just like a group of employees doing tasks together. And so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. T- I take a lot of pride in that space and, and um, I'm just excited to, to have my people and yeah. know that they're solid. Absolutely. No, it makes all the difference. Um, so yeah, no, I'm super excited for you. Uh, what about you, Jesse? What, what are you yeah. excited for? Talk to me. Yeah. I mean, kind of along the same lines of like connection, human connection, um, I teach a class called Deep Roots. It's a songwriting class. Okay. And we just got a date locked in for what? a showcase. 
So January 19th, 7 to 9.30 p.m. at McDaniel High School in the Black Box Theater. Okay. There's a... These kids are talented. Sure. Their production, their some of their rhyme skills, and the fact that the ones who are just learning how to rap are like, I want to do a song. You know, yeah. I want to get ready. Yeah. Um. So, so is Deep Roots like I know what Deep Roots yeah. is, yeah. but but yeah, tell us, you're, you, you <laughs> hold it down in the studio. He let he holds it down in the studio so students can record themselves, and so I appreciate you for that. I wanted to, of course, of yeah. course. But yeah, Deep Roots. It's a uh, um. It's been a class in in the Portland Public Schools in Reynolds School District for a while. It was started by this um, friend of mine um, named Chris, and he started it as for students to write and like mm. work with artists. Originally, it was like a student would work with an artist, and by the end, the whole class would make a CD, and mm. the artist would perform the song that the mm. student wrote. Wow. But now, just with Dawes and you know, like yeah. you know, students are making their own stuff. Yeah. They have access to that. And that's what I'm trying to build. It's a music production slash songwriting class. It's mostly hip hop. Some kids, there's a kid who does like kind of traditional Mexican music too. There's, that's a, cool. there's a kid who's in the pop. And so there's yeah. there's a couple of different genres, but mostly it's hip hop. Yeah. And these these kids are like freestyling out of their brains. They're just like really dope. Yeah. Really expressive. And it like the whole vibe of the class is chaos. But it's creative chaos, and so mm -hmm. it's it's kind of fun for me just to vibe with them. But um, yeah, was that's there deep any, roots. Um, was there any pushback getting deep roots like in your space um, from the school? No. <laughs> Shout out to my administrative uh, principals because they're like they're pretty dope. They're like, oh yeah, it's been a class. We can you know if it's in the system, we can just da -da 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 do it. Yeah. So. Um, I'm excited about that to see what they create and come up with just to create a space for them to express. Sure, sure. So like each student gets like what, one song, two songs? Yeah, well, it's, that's what we're going to figure out. Like okay. probably like, do you want to do a collab song with three other students and you mm. could have 10 minutes, but mm -hmm. we basically have two and a half hours to put it together. Okay. We're going to invite um, uh, uh, the B-Boys and B-Girls to do sure, a set. that's sick. Um, one of the other teachers, DJ Only Child, Mr. Stoll, he's going to hold it down mm. on the ones and twos. Yeah, we're still thinking about um, the students are going to create it as much as possible. Mm -hmm. See if they want to bring in some like guest artists. I'm thinking it'd be dope. You know, hey, teacher, you know, advocate, give like in there, in, you know, get, get Mr. Chuck Jones on the mic. <laughs> oh yeah. Get, get Mr. Robert on the mic, you know, kind of our, our teachers who MC yeah. too. So we'll see how it goes. Um, But I'm, I'm excited for that. And with my other hip hop literature class, students are, slowly learning the art of freestyling mm. and each week there's like one of those little moments it's like oh shit yeah. you did it you said yeah. something you yeah. made a dope rhyme connection and we're yeah. so we're starting to build that energy in that class too yeah so. no it, it sounds like um a really just rewarding uh program that you get to be a part of and you get to see come to fruition um in, yeah. the, in the space of like okay like we've been working on this now you guys get to showcase the thing that you're doing and especially yeah. like in youth spaces like there's not really like if you're 21 and up you can go perform you know, mm -hmm. you can go do a bar show mm -hmm. or you can do an open mic, but like for, for yeah. younger youth, you know, uh, there's not really a space where they can do that. Yeah. And, and shout out to, um, Andre at friends of noise. Cause he's mm -hmm. starting to build that for youth to do, um, on his platform. Yeah. And these, he's doing a, um, compilation called Rose city rising. It's going to be all the best music from high school kids across the city Yeah, and students can 
uh, submit their music. So that's going to be coming up. So a lot of my students are getting songs ready to submit to that. Yeah, no, that's that's super dope. No, I'm 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 really grateful that I I'm surrounded by so many people who are are taking the 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 arts that I I have such a great appreciation for and being able to get them to you know, like the, the, the younger people of our generation and, yeah. and allow them to, to continue to grow and cultivate these things because like, yeah, we did our thing, but mm -hmm. like that there's still more to be done. No doubt. I, I think it's really cool um, to see the cultivation of creative community specifically because it, specifically with the youth, because so many of them, I mean, we all know if they're not given something to do somewhere to be or people to be there with, they will go find the no most doubt. like inappropriate ratchet shit to do, shit. the most ratchet hood rat <laughs> shit they could possibly find. And so not only do they know like there's this class that I can go to, but like they have homies in that class. Like the every table that I see in your class, it seems like a group of best friends. And I don't know mm. if they became that in your class or Damn. how intentional that was on your part, but it's just really cool to see people connecting and clicking and like working on different projects and different genres all at the same time. It's like, ugh. it's, yeah. I think there's a lot of potential in that space to change a lot of lives and do a lot of great things. Mm. Yeah. So and and to show a lot down. of those students that, you know, just cause you fucked off on a science test doesn't mean that like, you're not good mm. at anything. You no just not good at science. Yeah. Um, what but, are you excited about? bro? Yeah. Look at you. <laughs> yeah, this is you. You're hired. Uh, we don't need Amanda. <laughs> Amanda who, um, I just want to uh, shout out our chat real quick. Uh, Taylor Barrett in the chat, uh, was saying that, um, it's really important part of community is bringing up the youth and giving them a platform. So yeah, yes. thank you both of you guys for doing that. Uh, what am I excited for? I, uh, just hit my two years sobriety date from hey. alcohol. Boom, oh, boom, yeah. boom, boom. Still doing meth though. Uh, <laughs> No, I'm I, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's called Adderall. Um, so, <laughs> but um, yeah, I I I try not to to do that thing where you know a lot of people be like, oh man, I'm I'm. 342 days sober, you know, like where you're just like, you're saying it like every five six minutes. Six hours and five minutes. So, yeah. yeah, for real. This isn't painful at all. I'm just counting every second of it always. Uh, so, but I did, I did want to celebrate just kind of like that two year mark um, oh because 11, 11 of 2020, I was just like, all right, mm. like this is the luckiest day of the unluckiest year. I can make it Ooh. through this shit, man. Fuck it. Like, and it's, it's literally just been like, since then my life has just, uh, it's, grown and and in exponential ways and i'm just very grateful for all the opportunities that like i've been given because i made a sacrifice mm -hmm. um was there a point like along the in between now and you quitting alcohol where you're like i don't know if i can quit alcohol um i mean there's definitely been day the only days that i think about drinking are either when it seems really fun or i'm really sad like either everybody's drinking and I'm like, man, it'd be really cool to like just connect with people in this way. But like I realized that like the biggest part for me about alcohol and like the appeal of it was just the the honesty aspect of it yeah. is that like most people won't open up to you unless they've had a couple drinks. Most people won't open up themselves if they've had unless they've had a couple drinks. So it's for me, I've realized that like what I needed to create was just that that connection, regardless of whether or not that um 
that substance was involved. So you're yeah. almost forced to be like more of a human is what you're saying. Yeah, honestly, honestly, <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to have to connect with you regardless. And I don't have the fallback of like, I was drunk. I was just yeah. curious, you know, yeah. when the last time you talked to your dad was or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Why did we bring that up? Yeah. Whose idea was that? That was yeah. mine. Um, How has sobriety affected like your art in both comedy um, and music? I would say that it's, it's uh, for my comedy, it was a big part of like, you know, quitting meth and getting busted with meth. It was, it was a big part of like the, the content that I would talk about because it was something that like there was so much pain in it that mm. if I didn't turn it into comedy, then uh, I I didn't know what to do with it. So uh, and then the same thing with music is that like because uh, making that change in my life has been such a beneficial thing, like I had to find a way to uh, to to share that. So. Yeah, That's no. Yeah, I appreciate it. But uh, we are actually at the end of our episode. Thank you, Jesse, yeah. so much for coming through. It was such a fucking Dude, treat talking with you. Honor, Malik bro. always picks the fucking homies. I'm just going to jump in yeah. there, steal your handshake. <laughs> uh, this has been The Smoke Break. We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio. So it's pretty dope experience radio. We will see you next week. Peace.